Hey, greetings, everybody. Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. Uh, we're going to continue this Tuesday with uh, a little bit of it's a little bit both of corporate update and some market commentary. There was important news out of the country of Namibia uh, that came out uh, earlier today or late yesterday. And it really has some of the resource markets uh, really kind of scattered here in a bit. There's news that the Namibian government is considering taking minority stakes in resource companies. And so we want to get to the bottom of this. And so I called in our old trusty friend who knows Namibia better than anybody that I know. And that is the CEO of Osino Resources, Mr. Haya Don. Haya, thanks so much for doing this. Trevor, great. Thanks for uh, having me back on the show, especially on a day where we've got a bit of bit of that news. So it's great to be able to clarify things over here. Thank you. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. And let, let's do get some clarification. Uh, what is going on with this news? Is it any surprise to you? Uh, and, you know, how are you kind of managing through this? And I'm sure you've had a lot of investor calls here today. Yes, it's always surprising, but not unexpected. Um, which does not mean that I believe that this will come to pass. Um, I think in Namibia, we have a situation, um, you know, just reminding your your uh, listeners that I'm a Namibian, so I'm quite deeply rooted over here and I know the lay of the land very well. Um, but the Namibians often say the wrong things, but they have tended to end up doing the right things, and that's what counts. Now, to well, firstly, let me say what happened here is um, obviously they announced that they had the intention of or, or, or they were musing, contemplating publicly about whether they should take um, a free carried stake in mining companies or resource companies in the country. And I mean, that's a very loose statement to make. That's obviously it can be very damaging. Um, but we have to understand the backdrop where this comes from. And bear in mind that Namibia, even though it's a very organized country, it's... Um, in many ways, I've often said it's similar to Nevada. It's also a very unequal country. So it's very similar to South Africa in terms of the um, sort of uh, difference between poor, rich and poor, etc. Um, so it is one of the most equal countries in the world. And that's why there is a clamor at you know most times for redistribution, making things even, um, and, you know, politicians often are not that sort of well-versed economically. So, you know, the path to, how does it saying go? The path to hell is covered with good intentions. Um, so, yeah, and that, that's where the statement came from. I think it's highly unlikely that they will implement it as they, as they have uh, made the statement. It's not a surprise because we've known about it for quite a long time that the Namibian government wants to see, especially the extractive industry, mining and oil and gas, to be doing more to, in inverted commas, empower previously disadvantaged population groups. So they want businesses to, to they want businesses to be seen to share the cake. Um, we can have a long philosophical argument about how the cake should be shared, but the reality is in Southern Africa. Um, as a foreign company, you have to be seen to give up some equity. But by giving up, I don't mean for free. It's usually paid for. Um, so you, you've, you've got to deal, do a deal with a local entity. And it's not uncommon. It happens in many other countries in the world. But sometimes this gets blown out of proportion. And I think that's what happened here. Uh, yes. So 
when it comes to this musing, this idea, have you been given or do we know any specifics of how this might be implemented? I'm seeing minority ownership. So I suppose if you're a publicly traded resource companies on any sort of the life cycle of development, uh, they're proposing that the state or the local population has a minority interest uh, investment in that uh, in the in those companies. However, they don't classify, at least from what I can see, is well, how are they going to take the? How are they going to get that minority stake? Are they going to buy it or take it? So I guess yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't really understand the specifics how how this would be implemented yes. if if we were to go that far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to take a step back. Firstly, you make it sound like it will be implemented. Um, of course, this is my personal opinion, and there are never any guarantees because you know, I can't speak on behalf of the government. But having operated in Namibia for so long, I'm I'm absolutely convinced that in the way that it was communicated, it will most definitely not be implemented. Um, but you asked the question, how could it be implemented in a different form? Because I do think that a version of it would be implemented, but I think it would be quite acceptable for us and for, for business to help implement it because we are aware of what the thinking is. And so let me try to explain it. Um, so a couple of years okay. ago in 2016, the Namibian government brought out a very ill-considered legislative proposal called NEF. N Triple E F Namibian Equitable Economic um, Empowerment Framework, um, and that called for like a blanket twenty percent or twenty five percent equity ownership, similar to what they said here today. Um, it obviously went down like a lead balloon. There were extensive consultations between business and government, and in the end, government withdrew it. And you know, you can Google this. There are lots of references to, to it, etc. Um, but but periodically, it always came up again. Now. A few years ago, the, um, they appointed a very sensible minister of mines, the Honorable Mr. Tom Alwinder, and also a very business-friendly and sensible minister of finance. These guys are keeping the ship steady. Um, and, they, and we are in constant engagement with them, and we understand what they want. So in our case, for example, it's very specific in Osino's case. We were given a mining license, which was granted last year. And as one of the conditions to that mining license, there's a, there's a very generally worded one sentence requirement in there that says we must make available 5% a 5% equity ownership in the company to a consortium of local investors. Not for free, they must pay for it, but we must help facilitate it and we will help facilitate it, vendor financed or maybe we sell it to them for a discount, whatever. Um, so I find it an entirely reasonable request and and, and we will do this. In fact, we are already working towards doing this to basically structure a consortium who will buy into the project at the asset level. And it's actually going to bring in some equity, which could be a lead order into the construction of the project. So it's, it's quite doable. It's nothing scary, nothing special. Um, and so therefore, we do have certainty. Um, and I think that's what's going to happen. It, it has always been a known fact that in Namibia, that they would expect you to do sort of 5 to 10% in this fashion. It hasn't been promulgated in law, but we expected it and we and we, we factored that into our calculations from the beginning. What happened here is, of course, as you can imagine in government, um, you always have populists. So the way I view this is that to some extent, the minister was probably talking to the gallery. Um, sometimes you have to pacify these populists and, and, and you have to say things that uh, maybe go a little bit further. And I think that's what happened here. There's a very important point, and then I'll, I'll pause, that's contributing to this. That is that Namibia has recently had some very uh, significant oil discoveries offshore, global scale um, 
totally transformative for Namibia. You remember Namibia is a very sparsely populated country, two and a half million people in the whole country. Okay. And they have huge, they've made Total and another company made a huge oil discovery offshore. And that's resulted in a lot of kind of trepidation in country around how this is going to benefit the country or how it will cause many problems. And it has raised the question of how these oil riches will come to benefit the population. So that's the backdrop to the sort of populist clamor. And you've got certain politicians that are saying, oh, we should be taking some of it, et cetera, et cetera. I think in this case, the minister was talking to that gallery and it was a it's sort of loose lips, maybe a slip of the tongue that he said, well, it will be, um, it will be in inverted commas taken. I have absolutely no reason to believe that that's what they will do. And I don't think that's what they will do. I think they, they, they may require mining and oil and gas companies to make available certain equity. And I think that can be facilitated. Okay. Very, I, I really appreciate you kind of breaking that down and sharing your skepticism about potentially what might be replicated from what Osino has done. But I do want to take a step back and outside of Namibia and kind of talk about the timing of all this. I mean, Namibia is just another example of this uh, general concern we have about a revitalization of nationalizing resources. And it's not just Namibia. We've seen the same. There's concerns out of Mexico recently. There's concerns out of uh, Chile recently. I mean, the list continues to go on and on, Haya. Um, you know, what is it about the timing of this news, both on, in the background, we have a continued push for a new energy infrastructure, global energy infrastructure, at the same time, we are seeing somewhat of a rising populist movement. I mean, living in America, we obviously have seen that in the last 10 years. But this continues to be, you know, is this somewhat part of this economic social fabric of a cycle we've seen? Have you seen anything like this in your career of all this coming together at the same time? You know what? I read the same headlines that you do, and I see this leftward lurch in North America and Europe. Um, where populations and society is increasingly uh, depending on government wanting to solve, wanting to get government to solve all problems. That's not my opinion at all. And I, I, I believe, not wanting to go into too much politics here, but I believe that's completely the wrong direction to go in. Um, in Namibia, we have seen far less of that. and we, we don't really have the sort of South American style um, left-wing culture. In fact, Namibia has been politically very stable, very sensible policies, very few changes to the tax regime, um, but there's a demographic shift taking place. More and more young people, more and more conscious consumerist society. People just want to share in the cake. And at the same time, unfortunately, not a great level of education, although maybe I should rephrase that. People are generally educated. But, uh, you know, some of these populist, um, uh, this, this populist clamor, um, I think often is born out of ignorance. People don't understand basic economics and they think that, um, you know, that it's a zero-sum game and, and, and that they should take as much as they can. That's where it comes from. So all we can do is keep educating, keep, keep lobbying against it. Um, I think it is largely part of the election cycles, um, you know, the political cycles. Namibia has an election coming up, I think, at the end of, the, end of next year. Um, and it's part of that. Uh, I think I, I see it as it, it's, it's, it's mostly noise. I don't think it's a big societal um, shift in Namibia. I think it's in that regard, it's different to North America and Europe. Um, but, you know, it's upon us to educate the masses in how mining and oil and gas and the extractive industries 
can be a major factor for good and can be will result in socioeconomic upliftment, which which is actually what a country like Namibia really needs. Okay, uh, hi. Let's uh, let's kind of leave it at that. If there's any sort of news that comes out, then you know maybe we'll follow up with you and see what your take is, whatever that news might be. But I really appreciate you breaking this down. And I would also feel guilty if I didn't have you on and actually just get a little bit of a, a discussion about what's uh, what's happening with the company there in Namibia because you've had really good exploration work. It sounds like those big technical record, reports are, are moving forward. Uh, you know, I've you and I have been doing these conversations for the last couple of years from time to time and I give you kudos. You say you were going to you were going to move Twin Hills as fast as you possibly could, but doing it strategically, methodically and doing it right and it seems like you're doing it. So, give us a sense, you know, where for the listeners of Mining Stock Daily, give us a sense of where we're at here with the project in Namibia and what the work on the ground is about right now. Sure. Well, lots of exciting stuff going on, mostly re- related to the publication of the definitive feasibility study which we expect to publish uh, around the middle of June. So we, we are literally five meters from the finish line. Um, we're finalizing the capital estimate, operating cost estimate, finalizing that study. Um, and that's a key de-risking event because that study is a key input into project financing. Remember, we this mine will get built, um, but in order to get built, it needs to be financed. Now, financed not necessarily through equity, a little bit of equity, but mostly debt. Um, we've had some very significant debt proposals and we are progressing one of them. I can't say too much over here. Um, and as part of that, we have to conclude this definitive feasibility study. The numbers, I, I can give you a rough indication. Obviously, we, you know, it's all speculative. I haven't got the final numbers, but everything looks good. It's in line with the previous studies which we have done, which, which is testament to the quality of those studies. Um, so, yeah, that's a key um, event coming up very soon. In addition to that, obviously, continuing to de-risk the project on permitting. Permitting is largely done, but we have we have some some uh, loose ends to tie up, um, and we do. We're already in the second round of permitting, doing site-specific permits, etc. So, making a lot of progress there. Um, and then, of course, implementation capability. You know, we used to be a, a high-quality exploration company. We still are. Um, we've built a very competent study and feasibility team but we do not yet have a implementation, meaning a mine building team. So we've advertised, we're putting a team together, et cetera, so that we can execute what I call our standalone plan, which is we built this project as a, as a, as a single asset developer. That's not necessarily the best thing for shareholders because there are obviously some risks in that. So we are also evaluating a range of other strategic options um, to contemplate how we could potentially do this together with others to de-risk the building process. And then lastly, we are still a very, um, very uh, competent exploration company. And uh, so we, we, we continue to explore. We've got some very interesting sniffs, some very interesting smoke, actually more than smoke, um, and discussions in, in other parts of the country. So um, I think exploration still going ahead um, very successfully, and hopefully we can make some announcements in that regard in the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, I, I can only imagine how little sleep everybody's getting with that bank, uh, bank, bankable feasibility study uh, imminent here in the coming weeks. Uh, Haya, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate you doing this again. I know it's a little bit late there, so uh, thanks. You know, I really, again, really appreciate it. And let's touch base here in a couple of weeks after that report's published. Great. Thanks for having had us on the show.
Yeah, that's you betcha. All right. That's Haya Don, CEO of Osino Resources, everybody. They do trade on the Venture Exchange with the symbol OSI and on the OTCQX with OSIIF. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.